1: Welcome to episode two thirty-two of Teach Better Talk Podcast. My name is Ray Hewart, and I am with the most irritating co-host of all time, Mr. Jeffrey Raymond Gargas. How are you, Jeff?
0: Really quick question, then we're gonna get right into what we're gonna talk about. But what part of that is what worries you that you feel like you have to have the script up? Because like yeah, it's your name, is- <laughs> a number, the title of the podcast, and then me.
1: Guys, this was the first time ever in the history of Teach Bear Talk podcast that I did that intro without reading it She's off like, of script. like, can I just back. do it
0: without it? I'm like, you've done 231. I think you can handle it.
1: You know what? We're being <laughs> a little you, too authentic I like, right now. you're not now.
0: watching, if you're on YouTube Watch. you can see she went, I am. And she like did this because she was like, I think it's Ray Hewitt. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's who I am. <laughs>
1: Guys, it's, it's, I'm telling you, Jeff, we're being so real right now. People are in their cars shaking their heads like, Oh no, they've lost their minds. This is true. Whatever, but I just want to, on the record, I did the intro and it didn't sound any different until we, until I added myself,
0: right? It sounded just as bad as it always is. Whoa. Um, Oh, anyway. All right. So let's talk really quick. We got something cool going on right now. I want you to just kind of give us the rundown. So we just started pushing it out and talking about it today and it's our gift the grid. That's not what we were talking about, is it? We're talking about that? We talked about talking about two different things. Let's just we talk said about get the grid. grid. Then we focus to to daily drop. There's so much going on, Ray. What are we supposed to talk about? Whoa. Let's hey. do gift to grid. Do it. Let's do okay, get to we, grid. That's super cool.
1: Okay. It's super cool. We'd also talk about both. It's not the end of the world, but our, our no, listeners know, end. our listeners Exploding. know daily drop-in is going on because they get notifications every that's day true, that there's a day. new episode. <laughs> Guys, we've been publishing a daily drop-in Monday through Friday, plus in our normal episodes. So if you know the daily drop-in is going on, Sorry, I don't know what to tell yeah,
0: you. If you're still, still subscribed, if you're still listening at this point, thank you. We love you. All right. Moving um, on
1: to Gift a Grid. Gift a Grid is great. a brand new thing. We just started brand December seventh. This is brand new this week. As you're listening to this podcast episode, here's what actually went down. We connected to these all-star educators that that created on their own a beautiful nonprofit. And when we connected, we were like, nonprofits are cool. Let's learn what their mission is, what's their goal. And truly, it was like the most simple and fabulous mission ever. Their mission is to just create a safe space for all educators to have access to strong content to share with their students. I mean, I like to joke that it's like a teachers pay teachers equivalent, but it's free It's a nonprofit. It's created and managed by educators and everyone I know, all of my friends, all of my colleagues, the entire Teach Better family shares on it. So in my mind, it's like better than ever. I love that this is a nonprofit that's really... Driven by this mission, this why of wanting to make sure that all students have access to incredible resources and giving teachers a space to collaborate and share their tips and tricks. So we decided as a Teach Better team, because we love this concept of, you know, safe spaces for educators to get cool resources and tools. To partner with this nonprofit and host a gift a grid campaign for the month of December, encouraging each and every person in our network, whether you are a classroom teacher, an administrator, whether you're in the U S and Canada and Australia, Germany, we don't, we don't mind where you live. Every educator share one resource on this platform, educationblueprint.org. It is so simple. You log in. It's like three clicks, educationblueprint.org just log in super fast. Uploading a resource takes about 46 seconds. I did it earlier today to test it out. (laughs) And honestly, like it can be anything. It could be an entire unit, like a grid. If you're using that mastery framework, we talk about the grid method. It can be something super small. I'm planning on uploading the mini lesson I did this morning with my sixth graders. It can be an idea. It can be a website you think is really useful. It can be a book you read that you loved. Find one resource. Be a part of our gift a grid movement. It's going to be so fabulous, Jeff. I'm so excited we did this.
0: I love it. Everything over education blueprint. org uh, for all of that. Speaking of awesomeness, let's talk about this. This episode is so fantastic. I'm so pumped for everyone to hear this because uh, our guest tonight, Brad Hughes, is we are such fans. He's been in our network for a while. We love him. He's so active. He's so genuine. Um, he's so just positive and fun and, and downright brilliant, uh, that it's just such a great mix. And we had such a, such a good time with him too. Um, so Brad is a elementary principal up in Ontario, Canada. Uh, I forget what he said. It was 25 years of, of, of experience in education, so much to offer uh, a few different positions underneath his belt, just truly, truly loves what he does and the reason he does it. And this episode, I'm telling you, will not disappoint. Um, right, I know you're a fan. So you can just shake your head and say, yes, I'm a fan. And we'll consider that your contribution to this. And let's just let's get right into it. Episode 232 with Brad Hughes. Hey, what's up, podcast? It's Jeff. Don't worry. We're going to get right back into the episode. But I want to make sure you are aware of a brand new course that we have out in the Teach Better Academy right now. Leading by Empowering. This is the first course by our good, good friend and our Director of Leadership and Development, Dave Schmidow. Uh Within this course, he covers a lot of stuff. He, he really goes through a self-reflective journey of figuring out who you are as a leader. He talks about opening the door for difficult conversations with your staff. He talks about becoming more knowable than knowledgeable and continues on about uh, relationships, risk-taking, celebrations, leadership, and growth. It is over at teachbetteracademy.com if you already have the $9 a month uh, membership it'll be in your my courses dashboard now otherwise head over to teachbetteracademy.com use the code podcast talk to save 25 percent right now on leading by empowering all right let's get back to the episode all right we are here we are chatting with brad Hughes and brad oh man we were just talking about how excited we are to have you on and ray was again just trying to figure out how you weren't on the podcast yet uh you are so active in our in our in community you're so involved in our community we love you uh and like you touch so many people and you, you we i always laugh because i feel like every time you go live with us and stuff there's like six to 50 uh brad Hughes mic drop moments and so i'm really excited for a few of those to come here in the podcast not to put any pressure on you but did you anyway
1: six to fifty <laughs> is that range of appropriate it's, listeners it's i don't know f- that that
0: works if you're looking at the, the appropriate ranges to use when uh, when calculating the number or potential number of Brad Hughes mic drop moments. Six to fifty is completely accurate. Trust me, Brad. I um, would have
1: gone six to fifty-five. Just so you know. Oh,
0: jeez. Here we go. Anyway, I had
2: trouble making my way to the microphone with all of these dropped mics around here on the floor. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really grateful and excited to be here to begin with. But just just making my way to the mic with all these
0: oh dropped my god mics around here
2: is just crazy.
0: Well, Brad, before we get too far in, um, we want to dive into your story and just learn more about you and and chat with you and stuff. Man, how are you feeling right now, (laughs) other than crowded by all the mics?
2: Uh, I'm feeling really good. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm so excited to connect with with two people that I just love and admire so much. And uh, the Teach Better team for me has always been about authenticity plus energy and you guys exemplify that so to have an opportunity to to, just to really reflect back what i do and why i do it to people i admire so much and by extension to a network of people that energize me uh that just fill my bucket daily it's this is just a tremendous opportunity and, and this is what you guys are all about is opening opportunities up for people so thanks for me and thanks on behalf of everybody that the teach better team uh supports
1: all right, we need to set the tone. listeners. You're about to hear an interview from Brad who I truly believe is actually one of the funniest, personable, and smartest educators out there. Every time I hear him talk, I am laughing I, I'm like my mind is blown. I just want to give you a fair warning. You might want to listen to this like podcast sitting down for this oh, episode. <laughs> I'm just letting you know like his example of being surrounded by microphones is exactly how funny he is. He is so awesome, but Brad, outside of the humor, outside of the, the love and appreciation you constantly share for people, I do want our first question to have our listeners get to know you, even on a deeper level. <laughs> what do you do for education? If somebody asked you like, to describe yourself and all that you do, what would you typically say?
2: Ray, my day job is uh, elementary school principal. Uh, I'm principal at Forest Hill Public School uh, in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Uh, It's part of the Waterloo Region District School Board, and I've been in education for 25 years. Uh, So uh, I was a classroom teacher for 16 years before uh, I shifted over to school leadership. Um, I made my way up as a French teacher, uh, beginning in the primary grades and then junior and then into intermediate or middle school. And so I grew and graduated along with my French students. And along the way, I uh, had the opportunity to teach middle school visual arts. Uh, as well as uh, music, French, and special education. So those were my most recent teaching positions. Uh, This is my uh, beginning my uh, fourth year as building principal. Uh, I had uh, five and a half years as a vice principal before that. So uh, education has been my passion. Um, And uh, so first of all, I I would say I'm I'm an educator. Uh, I'm also a husband and a dad uh, to two fantastic kids, Uh, I'm a devoted friend. I'm a cheerleader. Uh, I I try to provide some comic relief. Um, I'm an aspiring content creator. I'm a mentor. I'm a confidant. I'm an avid bowler. Uh, I love Disney, so I'm a Disney devotee. Um, I fancy myself a bit of a handyman and and a tinkerer. Um, But uh, above all, I'm an encourager, and uh, I'm a champion of making things easier and better for other people.
0: Hmm. Uh question Brad so do you speak fluent uh French then
2: I do um my my French is I'd say conversational defluent. uh if we were to have a <laughs> conversation in French Jeff um you, you wouldn't you wouldn't mistake me for uh, a native francophone uh but uh I do speak and have taught French for a long time I speak a little bit of German and uh my pig latin is also spot on
0: well you know if we you and i had a conversation in french actually i would just assume you were saying everything properly because i'm basically like joey Tribbiani when it comes to french so, yeah you know I, i'm trying to think of how he says that i don't even want to go yeah, there the, anyway the flippity flip, flip flip. Yeah, exactly, right, I mean, it's exactly the exact word. Yeah, yeah so there's a good chance at the end of this episode i'm gonna have you take us out but do it in french because I, I i that would just be fun um I want to get into, and, and this is, you, you know this, you, you, you listen, you're connected with us, you know that I love talking about failure and how it's taught me so much and yeah. hearing these stories because I think it just, I think, I think these stories allow people to, one, to know that they're not alone when they struggle, but also to hear the different ways that people have not only come through failures and challenges, but also what they've taken away, I think is just really, really powerful. So can you share a story with us about a time that you've had a failure in your life? and How did you get through that? And then what did you take away from that experience?
2: Uh, Jeff, it was actually fear of failure that's uh, been the biggest challenge for me over the years. So, as you said, everyone fails, everyone experiences setbacks, and and everyone everyone has times when you wish you could sort of wind back the clock and and do a do over. But for me, uh, there was added anxiety over fear of failure, uh, and so you know, not only owning my own responsibilities you know within my work and my family life you know within the weight of some you know some pretty challenging circumstances some things that you know would probably cause anybody to feel stressed but for me it also meant carrying the emotional weight of people's responses you know to, to who I was and the work I was doing um perfectionism meant uh for me I, I was constantly trying to work to outwit all the possible ways uh something could go wrong uh and I gave myself sort of the illusion of control trying to ensure that you know no one was inconvenienced no one was disappointed no one was upset um so it's been overcoming the fear of failure you know of letting other people down of not knowing what to do or what decisions to make that's been uh my journey and it, I'd say we're all on this road at one time or another especially as educators because I'd say being an educator is among the most you know, personal of professions in so many ways we are what we do and when we do not do well as educators we are not well uh and so i'd say at least a couple of times i did become unwell i there were times when i became immobilized by worry uh there were times when i experienced anxiety attacks and, and there were times when i withdrew um into my own head into my own thoughts into my own worries um may not have been evident to my colleagues or my kids at school, but it was certainly evident to my family. Uh, and I remember uh, reaching out to um, a union representative when I was at a time when I would describe myself as being close to crisis uh, and certainly didn't want to go over the tipping point to become completely immobilized, not able to do my work or or, or you know, provide the support that my family needs and deserves. So um, through the help of a counsellor, and uh, along with some personal reading and reflection i i gradually learned to challenge my own thoughts and expectations because we, we spend a lot of time with ourselves we spend a lot of time in our own head uh what many of us don't have a lot of practices and is is it's actually okay to ignore a lot of the thoughts that come into your head especially the thoughts that are uh damaging to yourself that are self-limiting that you know are just bottom line unkind you know and for me it was a matter of le- unlearning patterns of thinking that that made me stuck and kept me stuck um and learning new patterns of thinking learning to challenge my own thoughts and and so i now call myself a recovering perfectionist because i continue to practice these approaches especially during very stressful or uncertain times but you know the learning that's come out of that it for me it it's with great humility and great humanity that i recognize that struggling uh through setbacks and and working our way through failures it that is one thing that makes us all human all humans experience those things and and so um i guess in the midst of uncertainty in, in the midst of failures if you can find that little light that says you know everyone's been through this and this is part of what what joins you with others and then finally taking that step to get outside of your own thoughts and look outward to connect with others to help you through th- those are the big takeaways for me
0: mm. powerful takeaways and and you know you, you touched on just this idea of you know upsetting people of disappointing people of letting people down and something that I think a lot of people um, don't realize is that oftentimes not all the time, but oftentimes what we perceive internally as perfectionism is actually this fear of judgment and mm-hmm. a fear of of what other people will think of us um. And so often that it actually comes from somewhere in our life. And it's really hard to dig into, but if you can really reflect and figure out where that comes from, um, you, you'll find out that a lot of times it's because a lot of people judge everyone, most people do, and we do ourselves and, and it becomes this pattern, which is why it just feels like no matter what we do, we're, we're just assuming that everyone's going to judge us on it because that's just how society works. And if, and that's where that, when you talk about getting out of your own head and, and ignoring some of those thoughts, uh, those are the ones we need to ignore. I read, I just read something earlier, and I've heard it before about the, you know the number of thoughts the average human being has, but I can't remember what the number was. It's a massive number, but nine, yeah. somewhere around ninety percent of those thoughts are negative. Now, some of that negativity is you know from things you know viewing negative articles and news stories stuff like that, but so much of it is naturally negative self talk, and if we can get past that and realize that's not actually us thinking we're not worthy, it's usually us being afraid of what someone else might say because of something someone else said at one point. We can get through that and realize that that uh that we're more than just what we do, right? And we're more than just our job title or our success level or and things like that. So I think that self-reflection that you had in that is is really, really powerful. Um I want to flip it around now and talk yeah. about a successful moment you've had. This could be something big or something small, but just tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that experience?
2: I think uh, among the most um, significant professional successes that I've had actually leads to personal success as well. And that's about been learning how to lead a shift um, away from consequential or punitive approaches to student misbehavior and, and learning to look at, um, student behavior you know specifically dysregulated behavior as as evidence of of stress evidence of compounding stresses that can overwhelm kids ability to cope and we see evidence of stress behavior particularly now you know um living learning uh teaching and just you know coping uh, with all of the stresses of the pandemic so if, if you take a look at your um if you reflect on your own classroom, reflect on your own school, or or even reflect on who's in your household or, or who's in your community, you know, learning to frame what we might call misbehavior or poor behavior as stress behavior has been a key shift for me. and has, has led to all kinds of personal and professional successes. So this learning and this shift's been transformative for me personally, uh, and also for our school community. I mean, it's been tremendously gratifying to be able to help our staff members, as well as parents and caregivers, see things in new ways. It's a constant process of of challenging what we see through a lens of why are we seeing this and and, and why might we be seeing it now. Um, it opens us up to situations where you know we shift away from people. Sorry, we shift away from a process of of uh, a conf- of ensuring compliance or. Um, making sure students are doing x y or z or you know the flip is if they're not doing it then they're going to um, uh, they're going to receive x y or z consequence to really personalizing our responses to everybody around us and to really reaching out to others with empathy um, and just with with common humanity to to understand you know what might this behavior what might what what might what I'm hearing and seeing, experiencing, be telling me about a student's needs, a student's challenges, a student's stress? Um, we recognize if we consider that student behavior is communication, and we're seeking to understand what the behavior is telling us. Uh, we recognize that that no kid or or no adult, no friend, no colleague, uh, no parent on the other end of the line uh wants to be in a position where they've tipped over and become dysregulated no nobody wants uh to be in a meltdown no no child uh, no nobody we know would choose uh that loss of control once we recognize that someone's lost control um we naturally as humans kind of want to back away because we want to make sure we're looking after ourselves uh we're protected we're not going to be in any danger um and we also want to protect ourselves from additional stress, too, because if, if, if we are, you know, companioning someone who is in a high level of stress, it's natural for our own stresses to be raised as well. But um, recognizing that no one wants to be in a state of meltdown allows us to kind of become stress detectives, trying to figure out what can I do now or what might I be able to do in, in the environment to, to reduce stress uh, for this kid uh, for this friend for this colleague that I that, that I'm caring about and, and what can i do to make it possible for them to regain control and, and also to minimize the stresses that might be leading to behavior that we we might have called misbehavior so for for our school journey it's been away from behaviorist approaches of of punishment and consequences to really personalizing responses to student behavior and really maximizing All of the things that we do so well in the school community or the school classroom to try to address stresses and try to address challenges to student behavior farther upstream. So being much more proactive in terms of how we're constructing our classrooms. And I guess the bottom line is how we're prioritizing loving relationships with the people around us. If we lead with love first and we put love out there first as our go to, um, all good things will happen. And I talked earlier about becoming a recovering perfectionist, and you know wanting to make sure that I was avoiding situations where I wouldn't know what to do or how to respond, but honestly, you know the the big learning for me is is if if you name and and live your intention of of putting love out there first, um you know that's the best place to start, and that you know developing relationships and investing in the relationships. Are going to make it possible for you to help others through just about any difficulty, and the flip of that is too that that once you invest in those relationships, um, you also build your network of people that are going to be there for you in tough times, and so that's been the key success for me is is moving that shift away from behaviorist approaches to stress based approaches, and just sort of naming and living you know my belief that that uh, you know putting love out there first, leading with love is the way to go.
1: You know, Brad, I love that success. I I think that is such a massive thing to celebrate. But something I also appreciate about your stories, not only the ones you shared here, but really in every interaction I've had with you is your ability, your dedication to truly see from a multitude of perspectives. I think your focus, not only as a leader and as an educator, is always trying to better understand uh, the situation, the people involved, and find a way to lead, you know, in a way that, that isn't just one-sided, that really sees every single person's perspective and takes that into account. I think that's such a beautiful way that you lead. And I've seen this modeled over and over and over again in, in what you share, because I think you truly put people first. And, you know, you always have this mindset that, like, we will find a solution, but I have to truly understand the people I'm working with, the people that are involved in this situation i'm working through to find the best solution and i I, I so appreciate that about you it's a, it's an incredibly beneficial characteristic that you possess for in this area it's so wonderful
2: I truly appreciate that, thank you
1: as far as excitement, I feel like I could ask you this question and it could go a multitude of ways <laughs> we, so I'm sure I'm, I'm so excited about this, but you know i I find you to be so wonderful to be around. You have such a wonderful personality. And I, and I said that earlier, and I truly, truly meant it. When I'm thinking of something that could excite you, I think mm-hmm. there's so many things. But if you had to pinpoint one thing that's keeping you excited about education, kind of what you're doing right now, what's really fueling your fire and keeping you excited?
2: It's the kids. It's the kids. Uh, it's always the kids. The, the, the kids... Uh, and my interactions with them, and seeing them interact with their peers and with their teachers, that continues to be tremendously exciting. And, and and you know, recognize that you know, a matter of months ago, we we weren't sure that we would be able to safely welcome kids back into our school buildings. And and it's kids that have you know, I'm very grateful to say that it have brought the joy uh, back into our school buildings. And 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 that also makes you recognize that the joy was always there the the kids are the reason for our joy as educators and so you know um when when we think about reopening or or maintaining schools whether you know in person or uh in distance learning environments or in hybrid um it continues to be the excitement of connecting with kids that that's what it's all about for me and and modeling that excitement for others Makes it contagious. I mean, as as school leaders, uh, whether you're a building principal or whether you're a consultant or whether you're a classroom teacher, or I mean, in whatever leadership role you play uh, within the school building, um, sharing your excitement and your delight in connecting with kids, it's contagious. And and it, what I try and do is I, I when I'm walking in the halls or, or visiting classrooms, I it's almost like, it's almost like I've got um, a radar I've got radar tuned to opportunities to connect with with kids and connect with others and um, just a few minutes to to notice something cool that a kid is wearing or a a new haircut or to listen to a kid read or to have a a teacher or staff member share something exciting that a kid has accomplished but you you can't do that if I can't do that if I'm in my office and certainly uh, school leaders and, and classroom teachers can feel really office or classroom bound so it's opening the doors and getting out there to celebrate the excitement uh, of the kids, and just to just to delight in their goofiness. And, and Ray, I've heard you talk so much about your affection for and just just excitement about your middle school students and their goofiness. That's what it's about for me. And and I can just meet the kids right where they are. I can I can just be goofy right along with them, and and build those connections day by day to the point where, um, wow, just. Just being out and about in the building is is what continues to bring me personal excitement. And then it's looking back on our journey in our district, in our school building in particular, where you know welcoming kids and families back to school um, was a significant challenge, and and no one no one knew if we'd be able to do it safely uh, with our own personal security and you know with the confidence of the kids uh, and their parents and the community. But we're beginning to do it, and you know when I when I. When I'm feeling discouraged or when I'm, you know, when I've been feeling unsure or uncertain, I keep having to come back to my vision as principal and as educator, but also as parent and community member. And the vision of restoring our classrooms and our schools as, as places of re- refuge and safety, that, that, you know, the place where people look forward to coming and leave feeling glad they came even for a small reason. It's, it's never been needed more. Uh, you know, our communities are, 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 are full. Uh, to overflowing uh, with worry, uh, with pain, with fear, with illness, um, and with stress. And so, you know, I I just invite each educator listening, uh, each caregiver listening to reflect on all they are doing uh, to make their classrooms or their homes or their spaces, uh, places of refuge and safety. And if you reflect on what you're doing, and commit or recommit Ah, uh, to continuing to do that great work and to lead with love, inviting people in uh, that excitement can be uh, that that excitement can carry us forward through more difficult times ahead.
1: Mm, so true, but I have to correct you. I am very serious in the classroom yeah. i I never goof around. I mean, just today, our mini lesson was being the best singer of Better when I'm Dancing from the Peanuts movie. I mean, we yeah. are. Very serious in sixth grade math. I mean, I don't know what you're referring to in terms of goofiness. That would never happen.
2: Never. Yeah. I stand I stand corrected and um I, I, I'll I'll speak with uh your um your student teacher who was a guest on the uh oh, on was. the daily drop in, yeah. I'll I'll speak with her just to confirm that that's and, and I, I think she'll say the same thing. You're oh, you're God. as serious as they come, yeah.
1: That was such a fun daily drop-in, having yes, my sure student was. teacher drop-in. was so funny. <laughs> Can you imagine teaching, student teaching during a world pandemic? That girl never stepped into the building and student taught a full semester. She's killing it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's, it is such an important time for uh, new educators to live and experience side-by-side what experienced educators are doing and feeling. Uh, and it's crucial that anybody hosting a new educator... Gives themselves permission to be as vulnerable and real with them as they need to be, because that in itself ensures that the new educator is going to feel safe uh safe to mess up uh safe to not know what to do, safe to experiment and uh you know hearing you discuss you know your journey with uh with your pre service teacher ray in terms of reassuring that no one has all the answers and that no one comes to the classroom. Fully prepared. Yeah, you have to. You have to go with where the kids are and and let the kids take the lead at some point. So um, I remember that discussion and and remember wanting to chime in and saying, "Yeah, we we have to reassure our new educators that we believe in them uh, and that they have what it takes, along with our support."
1: I love it. Well, for all of our listeners, you guys probably already listened to that episode. It was a bonus episode of Teach Bear Talk podcast for that daily drop in that happened on December third, but. So, so fun to talk with Sam and I agree with you. I think the more we can be vulnerable and honest with our student teachers and provide as much coaching and support as humanly possible. I mean, they are, they are the future of this, of this field. So, so important, Brad, we are about to get into more mic drop moments. So I want you to mentally prepare yourself, uh, maybe take a breath. I don't know if you do stretches beforehand, but I, I know that question five always has to do with a piece of advice. And we say a piece of advice and sometimes it's for new teachers, but really in this day and age, it's, it's for any educator striving to be better. What is a piece of advice that you want to share for your episode?
2: I guess the biggest piece of advice is to find the good and find the fun in every day. Um, Finding the good means practicing self-care, ensuring that you're demonstrating loving kindness for yourself it's easy to get down and overwhelmed so you know talk to yourself like you would your best friend remember you know we're all in a process of learning and becoming uh the good is about you know the positive relationships that you cultivate they're the foundation of everything um new educators might feel there's a rush to dive into content i'd say invest in relationships first Uh, Some people might say connection before content. I think that's a worthy start. Uh, And over time, you can leverage those connections to grow towards connection through content, where you get to know each and every student, what makes them tick, what makes them come alive, and and you can feed their soul by providing them with opportunities to learn and grow. Um, Finding the fun uh, means that you are willing to let yourself go, let your guard down. Um, and and just be real, uh, just be real with the people around you, and and just find the laughter, uh, find the laughter in setbacks, find the laughter in the in the odd moments, the funny moments, and and laughter is so restorative during stressful times. I mean, laughter provides you know the protection from stress; it provides the restoration from stress and worry. So find the good, uh, find the fun in every day, um, and remember that uh, new educators have much to learn, but also uh, so much to offer.
0: Mm. Great advice. You do. You have so you have much to learn, but so much, so much to offer. Uh, so so super, super important right there. Brad, before we jump into our six questions, 15 seconds or less to answer each one, I, I want to see, and I hope it's okay if I'm asking you this, but uh, I, I know you're working on a podcast that's coming soon. Can you give us some details on that? What's it called? What's it about? When's it coming out?
2: Jeff thanks I'd love to. Yeah, it's um it's the Good News Brad News podcast uh and uh I have been so fortunate to connect with incredible educators as I've begun to grow my PLN uh since school closure and since the pandemic and I really want to take some time to amplify the great work that educators are doing and particularly educators that are putting love out there first, leading with love and 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 moving from positive intention to action. I, I want to Talk with educators that have stories to tell about how they're seeing their intention make an impact for kids, um, and uh, so I'm beginning to gather uh, some uh, interviews in the next few weeks, and hoping to drop the first inter- uh, first podcast episode in early 2021. and And I'm so grateful, uh, Jeff and Ray, for your you know for the leadership that you model uh, and for the content that you create and, and the way that you've allowed me to connect with so many great people to, to sort of fuel this, uh, fuel this interest, uh, but also uh, to provide great people that I can connect with. So uh, look for and listen for good, good news, Brad Hughes, good news,
0: Brad news. There we go. Good news, Brad news in the new year.
1: (laughs) Who wouldn't want to listen to this guy on a podcast every week? I'm just saying.
0: I love it. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking, Ooh, I might be a good fit for that podcast. Make sure you hang on and listen to how to contact Brad. Just saying. All right, Brad, let's do this thing. Uh, We're going to do the next six questions. Your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. You ready to go? Ready to go. All right, what is one ed tech tool you cannot live without?
2: Uh, Google everything. Uh, My favorite tool is Google Forms. Uh, Give us a book you're reading right now. I'm reading Thrive Through the Five by uh, Dr. Jill Seiler.
0: Uh, Who should we follow on Twitter or Instagram today?
2: Uh, I've got my all-star, uh, my all-Canadian three-star selections here, Jeff. I've got uh, uh, Shay Cheney and Pav Wander uh, at Staff Podcast, uh, Livia Chan, uh, and uh, of course, the Merit Center, the home of uh, Self Reg, uh, at Self underscore Reg.
0: What's a good YouTube channel, website, or podcast for educators to check out? Um,
2: there's huge value in the award-winning culture podcast. That's Hans and Jennifer Apple. Uh, Define University podcast with Lindsay Titus. Um, I love Expedition Schnexer. Uh, uh, Becky Schnexer's narration is just so engaging and it's just like, oh, I just love it. And of course, everybody should be checking out the Teach Better team's daily drop-ins. Those are happening uh, now through uh, next Friday. I think it's December the 18th.
0: And give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into. Uh,
2: Kindness, share it. Gratitude, when you see it and feel it, just name it. Uh, and make it your daily practice to uh, lighten the load or brighten the mood. Make that your moment to moment routine.
0: And the best piece of advice you've ever received?
2: You got to match your energy. Uh, and so if you're a high energy individual like me, you've got to make sure that you're aware of your own energy and you're trying to match it to those you
0: serve. Wow. Did you hear all those mics at the ground, Ray?
1: Yeah, so many mic drops. That's <laughs> the best part of hanging out with Brad is that you're taking notes and you're like, can you say that again? And Brad, I just tell you, your accent doesn't hurt. Let me tell you, because every time you speak, I'm like sucked in and I'm like, and he's got a cool accent as he's sharing the oh, information. It's oh, true. <laughs> so I, I'm thinking that we're going to have to sh- to share the Teach Better trophy with you. I know Jeff. I yeah. need you to make sure you ship that over. I feel like you've been forgetting. Some people uh, have been. Unfortunately, complaining. Uh, I
0: can't oh. right now. Canada's not going to let that come in to the country right now. <laughs> just a lot of stuff oh. to, So Brad, you know, you're going to have to wait until I come up personally and deliver that. And uh, Jeff, it would
2: know. be an honor to receive that personally. To connect with you guys in person would just be mind blowing. Oh,
1: we're going to make that happen. We're going to make when it happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Jeff, I'm pretty sure the mail still works. So no excuses. (laughs) You know, Brad, I want to make sure that, um, our listeners can connect with you because you're, you're even doing more than you shared in this podcast. You are, you are constantly connecting with educators, whether it be through guest blogging or popping into the mastermind or connecting on Twitter or communicating over Voxer. You are so, so, so wonderful always to, bring in new people to your network and, and try and collaborate and, and share insight with them. So would you mind telling our network how they can stay connected with you specifically?
2: I'd love to. Um, it's easiest to connect with me on Twitter, Ray. It's at Brad, B-R-A-D underscore Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S.
0: And you know, you can find all the links, and all the resources, everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com as well as those links uh, for connecting with Brad and keeping this conversation going. So head over to teachbetter.com for all that in the show notes. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and a review, we'd really appreciate that as well. And let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and connect with these amazing educators and just share this podcast with them. Brad, this was awesome. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had very high expectations for you. You crushed them. (laughs) Uh, wow. trust it was <laughs> Such a pleasure having you on. So glad we finally got to do this with you. Just really appreciate you taking some time to share your stories and hang out with us. Thank you,
2: uh, Jeff and Ray. The pleasure is mine, and uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to connect with you personally, and and again to connect with the uh, with the Teach Better family through the podcast. Thanks again. It's been awesome.
0: And now, as promised, I'm going to test your French. Oh! Can, can you take us out? Can you say in French? On a, until next time, let's get out there and teach better. À la suite. Allons-y et enseignez mieux.